Good morning everybody. I Snigdha Sharma. I'm going to present the Hindu editorial dated 14th October 2020. This podcast is for those who do not have time to read newspaper themselves. Let's get started. Happy preparation. Hi everybody we are moving moving towards our very first article of the day that is crisis in caucasus azerbaijan armenia and karabakh rebels should go back to the ceasefire the ongoing fighting between armenians rebels and the azerbaijani army in nagorno karabakh a self declared republic with azerbaijan risks becoming a wider regional conflict Though Armenia and Azerbaijan agreed to a Russia-mediated ceasefire last week after days of fighting, the truce crumbled immediately amid a blame game. Whatever the truth is, an emboldened Azerbaijan, backed by Turkey, seems determined to press ahead with its offenses. The conflict over Nagorno-Karabakh is decades old. The region largely populated by ethnic Armenians is located within the international boundaries of Azerbaijan. Under the Soviet Union, it was an autonomous province that was part of the Azerbaijan Republic. In 1988, when the Soviet power was receding, the regional assembly in Nagorno-Karabakh voted to join Armenia, triggering triggering ethnic clashes. After the Soviet disintegration in 1991, Armenia and Azerbaijan went to war over this largely mountainous forested enclave. By the time a ceasefire was reached in 1994, the rebels with support from Armenia and Russia had established their de facto rule and extended their influence to the Armenian border. Ever since, the border has remained tense. What makes the clashes now far more dangerous is the external intervention. Turkey has called Armenia a threat to peace in the region. The Azeris and Turks share ethnic and linguistic bonds. Also, the pre-Soviet Azerbaijan was a local ally of the Ottomans when they invaded Transcaucasia in the last leg of the World War 1. For Turkey, which under President Recep Tayyip Erdogan is trying to expand its geopolitical reach to the former Ottoman regions. The conflict over Nagorno-Karabakh is an opportunity to enter the South Caucasus. Turkey also has a particularly bad relationship with Armenia, but its problem is that Armenia is a member of the Russia-led collective South Security Treaty Organization, that is CSTO. Russia enjoys good economic and defense ties with both Armenia and Azerbaijan but Ar- Armenia has a CSTO member and host to a Russian military base has more weight in a wider conflict Armenia could trigger article 4 of the CSTO treaty and ask for Russian help and if Moscow responds favorably that would put Russia against Turkey a NATO member Russia already involved in military conflicts in Syria, Ukraine and Libya may not like opening another front that that is why it has reemphasized its neutrality and hosted talks in Moscow for a truce 
but it will be forced to take sides if the conflict spills into Armenia. Both sides should understand the volatile situation and call off the hostilities. Nagorno-Karabakh has in the past witnessed large scale of ethnic violence. Instead of risking a regional war, Azerbaijan, Armenia and the Karabakh rebels should go back to the ceasefire and open up diplomatic channels. Hope you all liked the first article. We'll move to the next article within few seconds. Thank you all. Hi everybody. The next article of the day is Pakistan likely to remain on FATF grey list. Crucial plenary due next week. This article is written by Suhasini Haider and Devish Pandey. Pakistan is unlikely to exec the financial action task force that is FATF's grey list next week. When the plenary session of the Paris-based global terror financing watchdog is held after its latest evaluation saw it clear 21 of 27 action points with six key areas outstanding where Pakistan has yet to show progress according to sources there is still no consensus among the 39 member FATF which includes the US UK China and Russia to blacklist Pakistan despite its failure to meet its original deadline in September 2019 which would mean the group would maintain the status quo and con- continue Pakistan on the grey list until February 2021 on Tuesday the international cooperation review group ICRG of the FATF held a meeting to discuss the final recommendation to the plenary session on October 21st to October 23rd much will depend on the approach adopted to review the performance rather than going by mere statistics if the member nations take cognizance of the inactions in cases like 2611 mumbai attacks pulwama attack and daniel pearl murder case an explanation may be sought from pakistan a government official told the hindu he added that the decision by us and european countries would be key At the plenary next week, Pakistan needs at least 3 of the 39 members to keep it off the blacklist and the support of 12 of 39 members to exit the grey list. The 6 points of failure in the FATF's 27 points action list include Pakistan's lack of action against charitable organization or NPOs that is non-profit organizations. connected to terror groups banned by the UN Security Council and delays in prosecution of banned individuals and entities like Lashkar-e-Taiba chief Hafiz Saeed and LET operations chief Zaki ur Rahman Lakhwi as well as Jaish-e-Mohammed chief Masood Azhar Azhar while Saeed was sentenced in February this year to 11 years in prison for terror financing and remains behind bars the pakistan government claims the others are untraceable meanwhile pakistan's chances of being removed from the fatf's grey list suffered another blow as the watchdog's asia pacific group apg cleared it on only about 11 of 40 parameters the apg review that only 
takes into account actions taken until February 2020. Decided to recommend Pakistan be kept in expedited, that is, enhanced follow-up EEFU, which means more regular scrutiny of its government's progress. Thank you all. We are moving towards the next article within few minutes. Thank you.